On today's episode of the Nifty Nick Show, I'm excited to have on Elise Swopes, a photographer, iPhone artist, mobile app mastermind, and an NFT artist. She's worked with brands like McDonald's, Uniqlo, Adobe, Apple, and more, and creates art that converts urban landscapes into utopian fantasies. The show is all about learning from those with skin in the game, the world of NFTs, and as usual, today's guest is no exception, so let's get started. If you're looking for some crypto, you just found the right spot. We wrap it up, one of a kind, NFT straight to the top. Now don't go trading based on comments, we provide in this show. It's not investment advice, but our picks do tend to blow up. Like a rocket, they say. Many people have compared it to people's every day. So if you're trying to figure out what's going on in this space, please do not worry. Your boy Nifty Nick is hot on the case. Yeah. All right, we are back this time with Swopes. Welcome, welcome to the show. You got started in digital art a long time ago. I feel like you come from like the MySpace era. Maybe the best way to best place to start. Thanks again for for having me. I'm very excited. Um, but yeah, I grew up in the MySpace era, or so I like to think. Um, granted, I I did have like Zangas, and I was on AIM and AOL uh, back in the day, and that kind of I think inspired me to to kind of be obsessed with the internet and to create a a ecosystem or, or so to speak a metaverse for myself where I can kind of control and um, create a, 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 a world for myself that was creative because I, well, my parents had me when they were pretty young. Um, we really didn't have too much, but when my mom had got this new job, she got a computer with it and it had all these uh, programs on there called like kid pics, which is kind of like this kid Photoshop. Um, and we, we also didn't really have too much money to buy a lot of, um, you know, paper and, and all kinds of other stuff. So I felt like there was this unlimited access that I had when it came to computers where I, I felt like I could hit redo and undo and, and kind of play that way. And, and also my parents became divorced at, at one period as well. And, um, you know, I, I guess being a, a mixed kid too, black and white, I, I was facing quite a bit of struggle finding kind of like my crew and my people and where I felt like I belong. And so, you know, going through a lot of those things as a kid, I think kind of put me in the route of being on the internet, meeting new people from around the world. You know, we didn't really travel quite a lot um, growing up either. So, um, although my, my mom's family was from Wisconsin and I grew up in Gurney, Illinois, which is the suburbs of Chicago. Um, but you know, we, we, we did what we could and they made the best life for me. And I think having that access to the internet and building a world for myself and talking to people around the world like that gave me enough opportunity to expand my, my knowledge and my empathy for, for people and for art and for how to create. So in it, I guess your career sort of started to take off with the introduction of Instagram. Is that correct? For sure. Yeah. I started Instagram in 2011, like very, very early 2011. Um, and at first I was just posting pictures of like, I don't know, like my food and of my cats and, you know, selfies and stuff like that. But I, um, I had been a designer before that where, I had owned a couple websites where it had forums for people to um, edit their own photos and create fan art and have contests and stuff like that. 
And um, I think kind of that background inspired me to use my phone at that time because I had dropped out of college when I started Instagram. I um, and not because of Instagram, but just it was just at the time where I felt like I was like, I don't want to be in a classroom. I really just want to be in the streets learning and figuring stuff out for myself. And why I felt like that, I don't know, but it was quite a struggle, of course. It wasn't the easiest. Um, but at that time, you know, I didn't have a laptop. I didn't have um, a nice camera whatsoever. I just had like this broken iPhone 4 that my boyfriend that I'm still with at the time got me. And it had like a cracked screen on it, I remember. And um, so I just started creating with that consistently and, and shared that through Instagram after kind of finding this very unique community on Instagram of people who were just artists. And that's kind of what Instagram was at first. It was just a lot of artists all over the world creating fun stuff on their phones. And, you know, I started going to different meetups and I started, um, gaining like tons of followers one day I remember waking up and I was gaining like thousands a day and I was like what is going on and my boyfriend um had done a little bit of studying on this thing called the suggested user list at the time they had added me to this list Instagram added me um where you know my face would kind of pop up for people to follow me um because I was kind of like the the person who would kind of show them what Instagram was about. How can you use Instagram? How can you be creative? You know, what is it? What are the possibilities? Um, and that kind of lifted me off and inspired me entirely. So of course I used that to my advantage and became um, just the creator I am today. You know, creating a brand for myself and just just really trying to make a path for myself because I still have no idea honestly what I'm doing but I'm just doing it and I'm glad that I trust myself this far you know I mean that it's sounds it, it sounds pretty bonkers to uh just uh <laughs> leave college without a plan because you were feeling <laughs> you were just sort of not feeling it and feeling the vibe of the <laughs> of taking photos I uh, know um that yeah that's pretty pretty crazy uh, so, okay. So you, you got on Instagram, you started uh, creating or taking photographs. You know, everyone at that time, I'll be honest, at the, at the beginning of Instagram, I remember uh, seeing people, I had friends in San Francisco that would just be like t spending 15 minutes, like setting up the photo of their like coffee <laughs> that they were about to like drink. And I'm like, man, that coffee's yeah. getting cool. Is that many people, are that many people <laughs> interested in that? Like what the hell, <laughs> like what, what is, this makes no sense. But since everyone then, is a photographer now because of Instagram, it's exactly, unbelievable. Exactly. But what you what you've managed to do, and so I think this is sort of um, uh, the bridge or the the gap that you bridged here is you were able to, or you were able to eliminate the gap by essentially saying, "Look, I'm just going to create a lot of this with my iPhone." Like you sort of have branded right. that aspect of it. I mean, I saw mm -hmm. uh, one of your videos with uh, the, the hype beast one. I was looking at. And I, in that case, you had like a legit like Canon DSLR uh, yes. in, 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 that you were using for that. So, so what, uh, well, let's first discuss, I, I kind of want to discuss what, what the uh, photos are. And then I'm sort of curious about the process that you're using. Like, are you using um, that DSLR and then using the iPhone to edit it? Or are you shooting and doing everything on the iPhone? Yeah, um, so I am... I mean, it really depends on, on what is going on. I think in some um, situations, I 
want to make sure that I'm using my phone um, because when I shoot with my phone in some instances, the way that the phone photo comes out is it's a little bit crispier if I were to use um, like my Canon or something. And so sometimes I know that if there's like a little bit more of a blue day and I'm trying to cut out the sky, I'm probably going to shoot with my phone and I may not zoom in and I want to make sure that I'm at least close to my subject. I want to make sure that I'm close to the landscape. There's a lot, of things, a lot of things that I'm considering because I know the limitations of an iPhone. Um, but I also want to make sure that I'm, I'm like, you know, at least giving my all to me to, to push that envelope because that's my purpose. And, and that's my mission to show people that you don't need all the expensive equipment to kind of make something for yourself. Um, but I am also obsessed uh, with using a 70 to 200 uh, lens that attaches to my Canon R5 uh, that I, I whip out in helicopter rides because mm-hmm. it's just, I get to just shoot all over the place. I mean, it, that's like my favorite thing is to take a helicopter ride in a new city and, um, you know, take the, take the, the, the Canon out. And, and the phone is a little difficult because of the, the frame rate in the sky and, and and also it's nice that we can adjust those certain settings now and um but uh yeah i i think in certain settings i want to make sure that i'm i'm just trying to accomplish uh what i try to set out is getting a crisp nice photo so that i can eventually put that into my phone and edit away and that's where i i i do most of my editing and, and 90 nine percent of my editing and unless it's of course um like a video project i have to do with like premiere or if i'm doing a 3d design or if i'm doing like certain illustrations um i cannot do on my phone but if it's like a surreal a composite if it is um a motion composite if it is um you know anything on my my instagram that is art focused that has been edited on my phone uh that is awesome and also the 70 to 200 lens uh with image stabilization (laughs) is like that the best lens ever i ended up selling mine Uh, i switched from canon to sony but uh that lens just creates magic pretty much consistently (laughs) Um, absolutely it's the best i'm actually thinking about picking up like the the next one i think it's like a two like 200 or 500 or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm you, going a little Zoom crazy. You're going to be taking photographs of the moon. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I want to do, to be honest. I'm trying to take photos of the moon, <laughs> honestly. Um, so, okay. So you started, uh, so you've been making these uh, city dreamscape landscapes. I don't know what you call, uh, what, what, how do you, what, what do you use to describe it? <laughs> um, I guess they're like surreal cityscapes. Um, yeah, and, and they're just like a, a nice mix between like nature and man-made elements. Yeah, like you have waterfalls coming out of towers and things like that. Yeah, um, yeah, and, yeah, and, and giraffes walking around and stuff like that. <laughs> it, it's awesome. Uh, it, I, I love it. Thanks. And so, so I'm wondering, so then you, how, how did you end up in the NFT space? I mean, I guess everyone, you know, every digital artist at this point is now just like, okay, NFT, like I, I need to, I need to sell NFTs. But uh, I, 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 you, you did show up um, earlier on. So I'm curious, like, what was it that got you into the space in the first place? Man, oh, well, my, um, I mean, I have 
a few friends um, who are heavily in the space. Uh, one of my friends, Jay and Silva, I have been friends with him um, through Instagram for, man, since Instagram started. And, and uh, I've seen him around the world and, you know, we've taken pictures together and stuff like that. And, and seeing his success through the NFT space, I was watching kind of from afar and, and seeing and, um, you know, I'm really inspired by him. And, and eventually my management actually came to me. I think it was in like maybe like November of 2020. Um, and they were like, yo, our crypto friends are telling us that you should probably get into this NFT stuff. And I was like, yeah, I've been seeing my friend, you know, talking about it, but, you know, I'm just not sure like what it's about. You know, we need to do our research. And so we kind of like sat on it for maybe a month um, and just kind of like, I guess kind of just watching, you know, and just seeing what's going on. And it wasn't until like more people started like DMing me and tweeting me and they're like, yo, you heard about this NFT stuff. You got to get into it. I know it's going to be perfect for you. And I'm like, yeah, definitely. Um, and then I started taking it a lot more serious. Uh, and we started doing a lot more research on, you know, the, the platforms and, um, my management also had a few connects at Super Rare, which is really convenient. Um, so, you know, when I applied, they were able to kind of put in a little word or two for something. Thank you. You there? You cut um, You know, oh, hello? Yeah, yeah, you cut out for a sec. Can you hear me? Yep. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, but my, my management, you know, had thankfully, you know, put in a word or two and, and, and I think maybe assisted me in the super rare uh, uh, realm, but I definitely got denied from Nifty. Um, I got denied. Um, I don't think I got denied from anything else. I didn't hear any other words, but um, when I got accepted to super rare, I was um, very, very excited and very nervous at the same time because one, I just wanted to make sure that they were accepting me because they really liked my art. And two, I really just, I still had a lot to learn about like the platform and what minting was and like what, um, yeah, just how to like promote the work. And, and, and honestly, I was like terrified at the fact that it might not sell. I was like, if it doesn't sell and it's just like, kind of like, I, I'm just out here like thinking that this is going to be successful. It's not, I'm going to feel really, really silly and really embarrassed. Um, and so we actually, like had this super rare onboarding thing, um, which I think all artists have super rare once they get accepted uh, with Zach. And he kind of explained, you know, um, the process of minting. And he also explained that there was some opportunity to do an editorial on their website. And for me, I'm all about marketing. I'm all about telling a story and making sure that people understand my story. And I wanted to capitalize on that. So um, I hired one of my writer friends and they, uh, interviewed me and they put together this really nice editorial for super rare to host on their website and I wanted to make sure that I timed that editorial right with um, with my mint or my drop really and it's funny because when I okay so I had known that my editorial was going to come out on like a Tuesday and I for some reason like really I hadn't asked anybody like really what the minting process is like. I was just like, Oh, if I mint it, you know, I can kind of like hide it or something until I want it to like be live or something. 
But what I didn't realize is once you mint your work or once you, you know, tokenize it, it goes like right into like your profile or on your, you know, on the platform. Mm -hmm. And I kind of freaked out because I minted it on like a Friday and I was like, oh, I really wanted to like time this with my editorial because I wanted people to like learn the story and, you know, and so it went live and then no one was like bidding on it for a, for a couple hours. And I was like, oh my God, I think I messed up. I don't know why I was like freaking out. I was like, I messed up. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like failed. Like no one's going to get it. No one's going to like bid on it. And then all of a sudden it started getting bids. And I was like, oh my God, my heart. And I started crying. And I have like a recording of me like freaking out crying because I was just like, so just like, wait, but you guys haven't like, you guys haven't like read the editorial yet. And I was just like kind of confused because I wasn't sure also like how to auction it. And I was doing like a, like I was doing a live auction on Twitter where um, every time someone would bid, I would be like, oh, this person's bidding. And, um, you know, I'm going to end the bid on Friday without actually using like the, like the auction option on there because I had no idea that was even possible. Oh, man. <laughs> so I'm selling every, yeah. So I'm just like telling myself, like, oh, I'm going to end it on, you know, on, on, um, you know, on a certain date, um, past Tuesday. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, anyway, I just don't want to go on a whole, a whole about that. But anyway, it was just, it was mad confusing for me because I just felt like my plan kind of went, out the window but it it did kind of work out anyway because there was kind of like a little bid war for it and i sold my first um piece for 11 ETH, which i i was like wow this is pretty serious yeah. <laughs> so i was blessed to have that be like you know the, the floor set right away and i also was just kind of like scared because i'm like i don't know if i'll be able to to keep selling that high you know when someone kind of like sets a bar for you like that you kind of don't want to disappoint and you also know that like at least from what I had been studying that you didn't want to sell for less at least to make that person like feel like their buy was worth it I don't know there were so many like politics involved that I was like really just as nervous to do the second one and then the second one sold for 18 ETH and I was like okay this is getting a little crazy and then the third one sold for 20 and then the fourth one sold for 20. And I was like, okay, <laughs> we're doing things. Um, um, are, did you did yeah. you hold the ETH or did you convert it into dollars? Oh, I've been holding for a while. And really? so I've just been watching like what's going on. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I have, I mean, I barely bought any ETH like, I, like recently in the last few years. I bought some in like 2017 and I actually had some, crypto kitties and like all that stuff but I was actually going through like a lot of financial struggles at the time because I had just like switched out to my new management I had just like I was just going through like a lot of personal changes and I didn't hold any of that and I regret it every day but it is what it is so all the ETH that I have now is all the ETH that I've made from my sales I mean, well, it sounds like it's still a decent amount of ETH. So, I mean, uh, yeah. it's, it's definitely something to be grateful for. And congratulations on for that. For sure. Uh, I Thank think, you. Thank you. Yeah, I think um, even with the, the market being challenging now, I mean, that that's uh, phenomenal success for, for anybody. Uh, and and I, I, I do think your art really does. Um, I mean, it, it fits. It, it's unique. It fits a great uh, space in the digital art world. And it's also interesting, you know, I think a lot of uh, 
just standard photography in general has not seen much success, I guess, if you want to call mm-hmm. it that. I, I have one friend or a guest that was on um, who he, he's been so active in building his community and he, he has succeeded, but it's been, mm-hmm. I mean, it's been his full-time job just marketing all of the work that he's been doing um, and, 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 and building the community. But it seems like at least that's, that's at least one benefit, I guess, is that um, you came with some community. Although, I, do you think, were the people who, were, who ended up uh, buying your pieces, were they already followers of you or did they just happen to be, like, did they find you through the market? Actually, I think one person who had been bid um, 10 ETH on that first piece, they were already a fan of mine, I think. Um, but then they were not paying attention, I guess, and they still wanted to, I mean, I, if, and this is the crazy part, they were going to bid more if I hadn't ended it, but they hadn't known or gotten an email that they were like outbid or something like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I think a majority of them had just heard of me, which I, which I think is, is, you know, still very, very exciting. I'm curious what will happen when people who do know of my work get a little bit more access to, you know, this, this, um, community and, and space. Most definitely. So were you selling, uh, I'm curious, because it, it seems like you've worked with brands to demonstrate, I, I'm guessing a lot of it is the story around how you create your art, working with, at least from what I've seen, the partnership with Adobe. I don't know what the other partnerships are like. Are you creating, like, are you essentially a freelancer in that scenario? Or, and, and maybe the follow-on to that is, were you separately selling pieces outside of your commercial work? Yeah, um, so I am under freelance contract in um, most in all of the the projects that I'm under, um, and we'll have contract based on deliverables, whether it's um, content, whether it's posting, whether it's you know something I have to do like doing a, a speech or a live hosting or whatever, um, and everything is kind of priced out and and uh, which I think. Uh, has assisted me in kind of understanding like how to even think about rights in the NFT space because you know if someone's buying my art for just as much as a contract that I have I'm pretty sure they may have like a you know a couple year rights or something like that some things I'm always considering but um, uh, those projects are on contract basis and I um, I mean I, I, I enjoy them to a certain extent, I think NFTs have allowed me to have um, a lot more freedom, obviously, when it comes to like having to, uh, to like, you know, at least sell a message that's not my own. Um, but I will say that it's just as much work and just as much energy and just as much sales pitching than freelance work is because I feel like I'm, I've been on Twitter I mean, 10 hours a day, nine hours a day, and I've never been on Twitter this much in my life. Um, I feel like I am not so much like selling my soul, or I'm just like reintroducing myself again to a lot of people who are not aware of the things that I've done so far. And it kind of like humbles you because you're kind of like, but wait, this is what I've accomplished. And people are like, I don't care. Um, <laughs> yeah. and so your work really, I mean, your art really speaks for itself here, which I, which I've always like been really adamant about. And I think that's why I've been so successful in 
the branding space is because I've always made sure that I put art first. I wanted to push the envelope with whatever I did with, with any brand. Um, and I, I am, I'm really glad I did it because it, it gave me a, a really good perspective, even entering the NFT space, you know, from the highs and the lows and kind of riding the wave and, and trusting myself and making sure that self-care is key because I mean, one day you're going to be on top and the next year not. And I mean, that's the same way I've learned with Instagram and all this branding stuff is that you can't have your eggs all in one basket. So I've been enjoying a lot of it. Um, thankfully, because I'm, I think I've been very lucky in this space. And, and I say luck because I think it's, you know, preparation times opportunity. I've, I've come at a really great time, but I've also prepared myself and I think I'm worthy of it. But, you know, I do think that there's a lot of things that play um, that, that make me successful at it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to, to see what's next because now I'm, I'm doing like galleries here in New York. I'm, I'm about to speak at this conference in New York, which is really crazy because um, I just started in this space, you know, three, four months ago. Um, so yeah, I'm, it's, and people keep calling me like an OG and a, in a you know all these names like i'm like <laughs> like some person who just began i'm like you guys don't know like there's actual ogs like really really doing stuff but i'm glad that people can can i mean have that perspective because i mean we are really still very 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 early in this and i cannot wait to see what that means in a few years yeah i mean i think we started in the space at the same time and it does feel like it's been a lifetime over the past few months here mm -hmm. uh it, it, there's been so much going on and uh it's been exciting just to see uh the market open up and uh, it, it, it's there's no telling what's going to happen i mean there's no doubt that it's going to be it already we, we have watched it become more saturated um mm -hmm. but i think also simultaneously it's like a it's like a another renaissance uh, of uh, creativity and uh, uh, art, and I think we've also expanded the art I, or sorry expanded the market of collectors as mm -hmm. well. I I know that I've right. I mean just in covering the space, I've ended up buying multiple pieces and paying to print them and things like that. My, my walls were blank before, so <laughs> I, I think um, maybe that's an embarrassing thing to say. <laughs> no it's time it's i mean i've met more artists than i've ever met in my entire life like it's this is crazy this is I, this is unheard of at least for me um well i appreciate you taking the time today uh how what's the best way for people to find you online is it instagram twitter Where, where's the place to go oh man um yeah twitter is like my home base people have been saying it's my diary and i'm like is that what you, really what you think um but i'm out here tweeting and sharing like uplifting things um i wake up at 5 a.m every single morning and i share um just a lot of tidbits from books that i read and you know i'm for the people um and also on instagram as folks as well and you know, you can Google me, honestly, and I say that in a very humble way. I have so many videos and so many tutorials and so much fun stuff out there. Um, and I also see uh, I've got someone in the room. We've got James in the room um, who is my collaborator on our app. Uh, we have an app, an editing app called Urban Jungle, um, and it's in the App Store, and it just has, like, a bunch of surreal, like, elements, like, the same way I edit my photos, lots of uh giraffes and trees and fun stuff like that and then also i see roshan in here too i mentor as well on my website you can 
applied to be a mentee. He's one of my mentees. He's awesome, very talented creator. Um, but yeah, you guys, I'm, I'm, I just, I care for people and I want people to create and, and that's my purpose to, to show people how to, to help themselves. Well, you're definitely an inspiration uh, from the dropping out of college to uh, <laughs> now having a full uh, career as an independent artist. Uh, you've, you've, you're a success. So congratulations. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Really, really thankful for you. And thankful to you for uh, coming on to the show. Uh, and I look forward to uh, staying in touch. Me too. That's it for this episode of the Nifty Nick podcast. And if you made it this far, make sure to subscribe at thenifty.com. Thanks again.